Listen in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We are progressing through this chapter now. We're up to verse 12 today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. <laughs> um, what I would like to do is begin in verse 8 and read through um, to verse 12 and comment along the way. 1 John chapter 3. I'd like to begin at verse 1, but, you know, it just will take too long. In, remember again that the Apostle John has been talking about the children of God and the children of the devil, not just unbelievers. Amen? Neither is, has he been talking about backsliding Christians. So I really needed to point that out because these are things that will... Uh, uh, I guess if we didn't understand that, it would cause us a great amount of grief in our life. Because we'll be under condemnation, and I have seen people preach this from that perspective, and it just puts you in bondage. And it doesn't make any sense with everything else that the Apostle John has written. Amen? And we always need to remember that he is the Apostle of love, not condemnation. Amen? So, (laughs) that's the reason why, again, in the first couple of verses, he establishes the fact that you are right now children of God. And he needed you to know that so that he could deal with all of these other things without you standing there going, oh my God, is that me? You know, that's, that's like the person standing up and saying, now this is not you. And then they begin to say stuff and you go, I think it's me, I think it's me. You didn't hear the first line. Amen. Okay. So you need to know the first thing that he established was you are children of God right now. There's no question about that. Amen? Now he says, listen, there is another group, there is another family in this earth that are the exact opposite to you. They are not unbelievers, they are not backsliding Christians, there is another group that is actively opposing God. They don't want to be saved. They think they are already saved in another direction. Are you all with me? Okay, and you need to be wary of them, you need to be careful And you need to stay clear of them. And if you ever have any dealings with them, you need to protect yourself. You know, the Bible, yes, it does preach love, but it's not stupid either. That's why it says, be wise as serpents, not dumb as donkeys. (laughs) Amen. You know, seriously, some Christians, you know, they have this mentality of love, 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 and they're stupid. Can I just say this? Love created the universe. It put all the laws in place. Love did all of that. Remember, God is love and He created everything. Amen? And if if love sits in judgment over certain things, then we need to know there are some things that you need to be wary of. That's why it says, don't take vengeance. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. And that is a God of love. Are you all with me? Right. Okay. So that's, so remember again, in talking about those kind of people and that kind of sin, the apostle John, let me begin in verse eight. He says, he or she that commits this kind of sin is of the devil. We understand now why. Amen. Because it's the devil's sin. And, and he clarifies that by saying, for the devil sinned from the beginning. So he's saying that kind of sin, that's what the devil did. Amen. 
And he says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Praise God. We looked at all of that. I'm not going back over that. Verse 9, he says, I could preach another hour. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Again, he does not commit this kind of sin. Amen? And he says, for his seed, that is God's seed, remains in them, and they cannot sin because they are born of God. Verse 10, he says, in this, and here's a key verse, when he says, in this, the children of God are manifested, or manifest, and the children of the devil. So again, we see a clear dividing line between the children of God and the children of the devil. He's saying that to say, by the way, what I said right at the beginning about you are children of God, you need to remember that. So I'm letting you know that I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about another family and there is a difference between the two. And he's going to bring out those differences in a minute. And he says here, whosoever does not righteousness is not of God. This is in verse 10 still. Neither uh, they that love not their brother. So this now uh, segues into the next thing he's going to talk about. First he talked about the, the kind of sin that is associated with the devil. Now he says there is a kind of love that is associated with God. He said, you as children of God cannot commit the sin that the devil commits. And now he's about to tell us that his children, the devil's children, cannot commit love the way you can. (laughs) Can I say that way? Okay. They can't show love this way because it's agape love. It is a God kind of love. It is a supernatural love. All right. So. In verse 11, which we looked last time, he said, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Amen. And again, I won't go through all of that because we looked at that. And now he goes into verse 12 and he says, Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. Now, watch he says, we should love one another, but he says, not the way Cain loved. And he says, and why did he murder him? I really like that. He asks the question, why? Watch this, because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Isn't that interesting? So we're going to look at all of that today. Are you ready? All right. Now, before we take a closer look at this, I want to go back to this incident mentioned. Otherwise, you all don't know what he's talking about. So let's go to Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from verses 3 through 8. Genesis chapter 4. It says, and in the process of time... It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. I really want to preach right now, but I'll hold back. Verse 4. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. I, I need to talk. <laughs> I have heard so many people preach about this and say, see, the reason that God didn't like Cain's offering because it was from the fruit of the ground. Whereas Abel brought a live, you know, offering. And God likes live things, not dead things, and things like that. Listen, the Bible never says that was the problem. You read into that. You know, people love to make doctrines. And you know, the reason, the problem with doctrines is this. Suddenly you begin to ask yourself, what's okay and what's not? The little drummer boy should be sent home. We don't want you waking everybody up. 
Don't you have money? Okay, go home. We don't, <laughs> no. Listen, man, it isn't about what's in your hand. It's about what's in your heart. And we'll talk about that in a minute. It never tells us that the problem with Cain's offering was the fruit of the ground. It ne- people make doctrines from that, but it's not true. The Bible tells us what it was. Let's keep reading. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Watch this. Watch what he doesn't say. Verse 7, If you do well, will you, will you not be accepted? If what? If you do well. He didn't say, I didn't like your offering. If your offering did well, I'd accept you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, if you do well. Which means he's saying, Cain, I'm not looking at what what you're bringing to me. I'm looking at the way you're bringing it to me. Oh, I'll, I'll mess with you in a minute. Just let's keep going. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> and if you do not do well, watch sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should ru- rule, over or, rule over it or subdue it. He's saying, listen. There, we are always presented with choices in how we do things. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. We can do things with the right heart or we can do things with the wrong heart. We can do a good deed with a bad attitude. Amen. And, and, and say, God, why aren't you blessing it? Well, that's why. Look at, look at what, look at your attitude. You know, it's a funny thing that the people that give and say, you know, God, this is for you. Now you promise to return, but I'm not doing it for the return. I just know that that's come. I just know that I can do this without being penalized. That's what that's about. That if I step out in faith and in love and give, then I know that it will come back. That's the deal. That, that's the promise you make so that I can give without concern. I can give knowing that you will look after me. Amen? That's it. That's the reason why the promises are there. To let you know that if you do it with the right heart, if you give, it isn't about, okay, let's have a look at this. Let's bring out the accounts. Okay. All right. So if you give this, you get 10 times back. If you do this, you get 100 times back. Oh, I like that interest rate better. <laughs> Come on now. I'll take that, shall I? And you know, they ripped off the church. Certain ministers ripped the church off with that. They, they, they called it first fruits and this and first, uh, all kinds of things. And it, no, it's not like it's not there. It's there, but they did it in this way. They appealed to people's covetousness and all the people that were looking for money got ripped off. I'm just saying, okay? All the people that were doing the right thing with the right heart kind of said, well, we've always been doing that and we're always blessed. I know what all the record is about. Amen. Okay. We're doing well here. Notice he says, if you do not do well, sin lies at the door which means it's not in yet but you are you are inviting it to your doorstep so you better change your attitude because once it the 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 imagery here i was reading was it's like a, a tiger or a lion about to pounce on its prey that's why it says in fact it says uh Actually, it doesn't say here, but in one of the translations, 
translations, it says it's crouching at your door. Oh, is it, is it there? See, I don't make this stuff up. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a translation somewhere that I, <laughs> okay. <no. laughs> so anyway, there it is. Right? It, it, it said that the imagery is it's waiting to pounce on you. You haven't given it permission yet, but you're getting really close to it. You keep disobeying God and you keep doing the wrong thing and it will pounce. And then, then you hear people saying, Oh, why is all this happening to me? Check your life. Now listen, we all have mistakes in our life. Praise God for First John 1 9. If you find a problem, confess it. Don't sit there and go, oh, Yes, I deserve it. I've been very bad. Very, very bad. Who cares? Stop it. You know, that's my counseling. Stop it. Repent. Move on. What if I do it again? Stop. Repent. Move on. Again? Stop. Repent. Are y'all getting it? Isn't that simple? I don't charge any money either. (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay? It doesn't take an hour to get through that. (laughs) And can I say this? Every time you repent, God will, God will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will counsel you. You want His counsel, not man's counsel. Because man will play games and they'll, they mess around with your head. After a while, and a lot of times you come out feeling worse. You know, I'm not talking about the good ones. I'm talking about what's all out there. And you come out with this, oh my gosh, I didn't realize my life was so bad. Just when you kind of got past that spot, you're going back to it. The, the, the Bible talks about, uh, it's like a dog going back to its vomit. I know it's horrible, but that's what it is. Stop revisiting. Move forward. Amen. Let's move on. Okay. Go, you do the same thing, Pastor. All right. Let's do that. All right. <laughs> so after this, after the Lord speaks to Cain, after the Lord warns Cain, verse 8, look how Cain responds. Now Cain talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. I really like the way they put that. It said, he rose up against Abel, his brother. Let me ask you a question. Had Abel done anything to Cain? Where was Cain's problem? Who was Cain's problem with? It was with God. God didn't receive it. So this is what we do. Uh, not we do. Okay, what people do. <laughs> you don't do this in Jesus' name. All right. <laughs> this is what people do. They are disappointed on one hand, then they look to blame someone for the problem. They don't look at themselves. God has said, you're the problem. I want you to notice also what God didn't say. God didn't say, oh, Cain, like some parents, you should be like your brother Abel. He does well, but you... Oh my God, where'd you come from? Amen. Don't ever compare kids. God didn't. Listen. Now had God done that, then I could understand why Cain got angry with Abel. But he never said anything about Abel. He said, you are doing something wrong. Fix it. So what does Cain do? And this is how... And the reason I'm, I'm sharing this a little bit with with you is because you need to understand why some people are so mad. Why some people hurt you. It's not because of you. It's because of something in their life that they don't want to deal with. And they need to shift the blame. It's called blame shifting, okay? They need to find somebody else to blame for their problem. 
Because if they ever look at themselves, it means they've got to change. That's that, you know, it's easier to say, oh, Jamie was my problem. If Jamie wasn't here, mind you, if Jamie drops it, and you won't, okay, tomorrow, I'll find somebody else. Oh, no, you know what? Actually, it wasn't him. It was Emily. Not that she's ever a problem. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? See, we can just keep going down the track and find somebody else. Listen, man, you're, if you're the problem, you're the problem. Fix you. And you'll be amazing how everything around you suddenly looks better. All the people you thought were a problem suddenly won't be a problem to you. Do you know why? Because you're not a problem to them. Amen? And in the case of Cain, the Apostle John says that his works were evil, not his offering. Please, I really, I I know I'm harping on a fact here, but I really need to see something here. Because too much has been preached on the surface, not enough about motives and, and where, you know, where their hearts have been and what was actually going on. You can bring a bug to God as an offering and he'll receive it. If your heart is right, don't kill the little guy. But, <laughs> you know, okay. But you're trying to say, whatever you bring, and I think that's why I always remember, you know, about the little drummer boy. The one thing that it stood out to me most from that, in that Christmas carol, was the fact that he had nothing to give except his little playing. And it says so much about where God, where God looks. At your heart. He didn't see the drum. I mean, the kid could have been playing terribly. Uh, Who knows, you know? They find actors who can play drums to play those parts. Who knows what this kid was like? It's like, kid, get a few lessons, you know, okay? We, we don't know, but see, this is the thing I'm telling you. It's, (laughs) it's about the heart that gives. It's about the heart that wants to honor God. Amen? And that's all that ever matters. And that's, that's why it shouldn't matter all the outward things. Always check your heart. Amen. Uh, in fact, in his commentary, I'm going to quote, uh, uh, give you a quote from John MacArthur because it's so good. He says, Cain's offering was not acceptable because he was sinful. That's the key. Jealousy was behind his hate and murder. As in the case of the religious leaders who had Christ executed. I really like the parallel. Why did they execute him? Because they didn't like him. Because, listen, his works were righteous and theirs weren't. While he was there, he kept showing them up. So instead of looking at themselves, which is what he kept saying them, telling them to do, check yourselves, repent. They wouldn't do that. Just like Cain. And instead of repenting, they got rid of the thing that showed them up. Amen? Like somebody said, you know, a crooked line will get rid of the ruler because it keeps showing it, showing it up for being a crooked line. How silly is that? It doesn't change that you're crooked. <laughs> okay. Alright. In, in other words, because Cain was sinful, his works were deemed evil. Are you getting this now? That's why you know, I always say to you, before you go, you know, when you approach God, the first thing you do is first John 1 9. I don't care whether you think you sinned or not. I don't. I just start by saying, God, if there's anything that is going to get in the way of my time with you, forgive me. And I'll wait for him to tell, tell me if there was anything. But either way, I want to cover my bases. I don't want to go in there for an hour. 
And I'm thinking, why am I hitting, you know, hitting the ceiling? It's not getting any further than the ceiling. And, and, and God says, uh, there's a problem over here you haven't taken care of yet. One hour, one whole hour went past and I, oh, okay, what was the problem? Hello, can we start by just getting rid of all the problems? Amen. And it's a good thing to just to do that. I'm just saying, okay? Just on a daily basis. Just say, Lord, forgive me of any sins I know I've committed. And if you tell me what they are, immediately. <laughs> okay, I'll repent. I'm not looking for excuses to hang on to them. Because I want to live a powerful, sanctified life. Amen. All right, moving on. A part of the reason for God's rejection of Cain's sacrifice is actually brought out in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, where it says, by faith, by what? Faith. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Isn't that interesting? What this tells us is that one of the things that differentiated Abel's offering from Cain's offering was that Abel gave in faith. Oh, I'm going to mess with you in a minute. While Cain did not. And according to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. What was the offerings meant to do? Please God. If Cain was coming with an offering, I don't care what it was, without faith attached to it, then guess what? It's not pleasing God. And watch what it goes on to say. It says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and listen, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, if you come to God, and you bring an offering to God, you need to know that there's a reward attached to that. You can't go to God and say, well, there it is. You asked me to give me my money. Well, there's my money. Thanks a lot for taking it away from me. I'll have to do without it this week. Now, I'm just telling you what people think, man. Guess what? That's not acceptable to God. You just threw your money away. Why did you do that? Don't do that. It's too, it's too precious. You know your money represents your life? Listen to me. So every time you give, you're not giving money. You are giving what that money represents in terms of the life it took to get that. Some people are willing to give up $5 of their life. That's all they want to give. And, but they won't oppress down, shake together and running over a blessing, you understand. Well, you get it on five bucks. Because that's how much life you gave. Listen, I'm, I'm making a point here. You need to understand that's how God receives it. And you need to understand that's why you need to give it in faith. I'm happy for you to give five bucks. Do it in faith. If you have a choice of giving ten bucks out of faith, grumbling, or five bucks in faith, please give five dollars in faith because it will bring something back. God will honor it and you'll get a return. Something will work out. It may not come back in money. You might get more clients. Uh, well, that's more money, isn't it? It'll, <laughs> it'll come back in a way that will look very natural. But if you step back and look at your life, you'll go, wow, it's actually increased. Less things are breaking down. More things are coming in. That's increase. Increase is not you get more things, but the stuff that's breaking is even more. That's, that's pseudo-increase. That's when people... Listen... <laughs> Yeah, step on a religious thing now. A cow. Okay, that's when people say, Oh, brother, uh, uh, the devil is after me all week. Just check and see if your ins are more than your outs, or your outs are more than your ins. If your outs are more than your ins, something is wrong. 
It's not just the devil. You're doing something wrong <laughs> and stop blaming him for everything. He can only do the things you allow him to do to a degree. I know Jesus is in the boat. I get that. He was in God's will and the storm came. He did nothing wrong for the storm to come. And there'll be times when those things come up because of the situation that you're in, you can shut it down immediately. That's where my people destroy for a lack of knowledge kicks in. Not because they didn't have the power, not because they couldn't shut it down. They just didn't know they had the right to do it. Because they're doing everything right. Amen? But if you're doing everything wrong and you're screaming and yelling at the storm, you're in the Jonah situation now. We need to throw you overboard. But this... <laughs> for the storm to stop. You know what I'm saying? Unless, unless you repent and then you become Jesus on the boat. Amen. Isn't it wonderful that we can go from Jonah to Jesus in a moment of time? And they don't have to throw you off. Amen. Hallelujah. Go on. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right. <laughs> so, so. What we understand from all of this is that Cain was faithless, sinful, and evil. I want you to think about those words. He was faithless, he was sinful, and he was evil. All right? And not just his works. And why the Apostle John says again, now, with all of that, let's see how, what he says here again. He says, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and we'll talk about all this now, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil. And his brothers were righteous. Okay, all his brothers righteous. Firstly, as a side note, notice that the Apostle John actually mentions only Cain by name. Isn't that interesting? We never see Abel's name mentioned because he's, he's drawing our attention to Cain. He's saying, I want you to look at Cain, not Abel at the moment. Because he wants our focus to be there. Secondly, notice that Cain had the appearance of a believer and gave to God. Even though his heart was not in it. And that's still true today with so many people giving to God even though they don't necessarily honor Him with their giving. Do you understand the difference? You see, you can give to God and not honor Him with your giving. You can give to God, you know, some people give to God out of necessity, out of compulsion. You know, the churches work on necessity and compulsion generally. They don't want a cheerful giver because a cheerful giver usually doesn't give anything to them. Because there's nothing to give. You know, I mean, they look, you look at them, you know, and it's just like you think, I wouldn't give to that either. Listen, I'm, I'm, <laughs> your point here. The reason that you'd want to give is you, you know, you need to, you need to give because two reasons. Number one, you're giving to God. That's the first reason. You need somewhere to give to God. So you think, God, let me, can I please find a church that preaches the right thing so I can actually give to you? Knowing that, you know, your word is coming through this place. That's number one. Number two, it says that the workman is worthy of his, you know, his labor. You know, so that, the num number two is, you need to say, okay, God, I honor the person that you have sent to, to minister your word to me. And therefore, I know that you don't get the money. I know he's going to get the money or she, whatever, okay? But this is a place that I can give and you receive my heart with that giving. And that allows you now to bless me 30, 60, 100 fold. Are you all with me? So that's the reason why we always say, you know, find the church that ministers to you. Not every church, you know, not everybody's meant to be here. And there might be churches that you look at and think, oh, I could never go there, but somebody else loves it. So that's why you're here and they're there, <laughs> you know, and thank God, because we don't want them here, because they'll be complaining the whole time. 
I learned that lesson. We don't want numbers. We want agreement. Amen. Amen. You know, you can take a few people in agreement and turn the world upside down. Amen. Okay. Now, back to this. So, in his commentary, John MacArthur writes, Scripture presents Cain outwardly as a God worshiper who even offered sacrifice. Cain's murderous actions, however, reveal that inwardly he was a child of the devil. Did you get that? See, this is something really key. A lot of people can look religious, sound religious, and for all intents and purposes, you just think they're the most religious dude on the planet. And God says, I don't know you. I never knew you. Do you know what that term, I never knew you, means? That person was never saved. The word knowing there talks about salvation. It's not about, oh, who are you? No, God knows everybody. <laughs> okay? He knows every person on this planet. But listen, when he says, I don't know you in this way, he says, you were never born again. You were never saved. You sound like a Christian. You act like a Christian, so to speak. You say all the right things. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, but understand something. This tells us something that a, a person that may claim to be a Christian that is not saved cannot walk in this kind of love. They just can't. You're getting this. I'm giving you some gems here so that people don't deceive you. Because, it, you know, the Apostle John said, let no one deceive you. And he's trying to help us not to be deceived. Amen? I'm, I'm doing the same thing for you. Alright, let's move on. Added to this, Simon J. Kissamaker goes on to point out that it is not that Cain, by murdering his brother, listen, this is very important, became the child of the devil, but being a child of the devil, his actions were evil and culminated in the murder of his brother. The Greek word evil, uh, Kissamaker goes on to say, is the same word John uses to describe Satan. In short, interesting, isn't it? John intimates that Cain's deeds or deed originated with Satan. See, he allowed him in because that's what he wanted. That is something that is sovereign is your will. If you want to do something, God will try every which way to stop you. But once you decide you want to do it and you just go against him in every possible way, he'll say, okay, you want to really want to do that? Go ahead. And then you live with the consequences. Are you all with me? Okay, and to understand the seriousness of the act, the phrase, I know I'm out of time, the phrase translated, Cain murdered his brother, listen, in the literal Greek, actually says, Cain cut his brother's throat. Does that now make, doesn't that give you a different picture of what happened now? Because I've seen movies where, you know, they were having a row and Cain got mad and he just found a rock and hit him over the head. Uh, he didn't hit him over the head. Do you understand cutting somebody's throat is a very personal act? Listen, you've got to aim for the throat. You throw a rock at somebody or push them and they accidentally fall and hit their head on the table or something and they die. Hey, hey, you know, uh, that's not murdering in a sense. That, it, that was an accident. This was not an accident. I want you to think about this for a minute. To take a knife, you need to have a knife. To know it's a premeditated murder, okay? To, to know that you want to get somebody to a certain place. Remember, it was out in the field. Kill them, you know, okay? Dispose of the body. Listen, 
To cut somebody's throat means you have to look at them in, look them in the eye. He didn't stab him in the back. He cut his throat. So I want you to think about that for a minute and understand the sort of person that Cain was and by extension understand the kind of people that hate you. That's what they're capable of. That's what's going on on the inside of them. Are you with me? Now do you understand why the Apostle John is saying stay away from people like this. Don't be silly. Stay away from people like this. Pray for them at a distance. <laughs> okay? Or from a distance. Amen. Let me, let me just finish this very quickly. So what all this tells us is that Cain's actions were deliberate and premeditated. He really was of the w- wicked one. 1 John 3.12 And went out of his way to murder his brother. And why even Thomas F. Johnson says that Cain's actions were evil because he was evil in origin and character in contrast to the children of God. That is you. Amen? That brings us back to what the Apostle John has been doing throughout this entire chapter, and that is comparing the children of God with the children of the devil. Amen. Let's stop there. When we come back, we'll go on to the next verse. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for all the things that you're revealing to us.